This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant. It's that time of year again. Time for hopes and fears and accountability. What's to come in the new year, we can only guess. And guess we will. Plus, we'll look back at what we thought was coming on the pop culture front in 2022. And we'll see how things turned out. I'm Stephen Thompson. And I'm Linda Holmes. It's predictions time once again on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. The day's top headlines, local stories from your community, your next podcast binge listen. You can have it all in one place, your pocket. Download the NPR app today. Joining me and Stephen today are our fellow pop culture happy hour hosts, Aisha Harris. Hey, Aisha. Hey, Linda. And Glenn Weldon. Hello, Glenn. Hey, Linda. I predict this won't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For some of us. (laughs) Well, we we have been doing this for many years. If you've been with us for a while, you know the drill. We go around the table. We check on how we did making predictions for 2022. That is what I think (laughs) sets us apart. Accountability. From many others. Anybody can make predictions. We hold our own feet to the fire. And we will also boldly make, of course, new predictions for 2023. Without further ado, Glenn Weldon, I want to hear first what your 2022 prediction was. So let's start there. Play the tape. So my prediction based on, I want to make this clear, precisely nothing. We're going to get the launch of another major streaming service. I don't know where it's going to come from because there's only, what, three corporations left, and I think they're all already in the space. But it's going to be a big launch of a brand new streaming service that will rival the big three, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. You will still get points, but you'll knock it down a letter grade if what happens is instead we get a merging of two or more existing streamers, like a Netflu or an Amazix. I don't know what, but... (laughs) The thing is, when it happens, we will all collectively realize that it never would have happened without the pandemic. And the pandemic is what gave it the runway. That's my prediction. Oh, boy, what a great start. Uh, Coming out swinging, (laughs) swinging and missing. But there was no major shakeup. There was no major launch. I mean, some mergers got announced that could possibly happen. That's not really what I was talking about, though. Uh, So, yeah, there's the merging of HBO Max and Discovery Plus, but who cares? And there's been talk that at some point Disney Plus and Hulu could combine, but none of that has to do with the pandemic. That has to do with the death rattle of late-stage capitalism. So I'm going to give this a C-minus. Good effort needs improvement. I disagree. I think what you're seeing with HBO and HBO Max and essentially the collapse of what was the HBO Max original content Mm -hmm. brand in many ways, 
speaks to what you were trying to get at. And the, the HBO Discovery Plus thing is absolutely an example of things consolidating. It yeah. just hasn't quite been completed yet, but you're on the right track, buddy. Well, if I was a grade grubber, which I am not, I'd try to sell you all a big bag of BS about the rise of Tubi and Voodoo and Pluto <laughs> and Schmoovorp and Flagle and Hoyven and Hey Lady. But <laughs> the lesson here is I shouldn't try to predict industry stuff. I mean, who am I? What am I? Faith popcorn over here? No. So I'm going to say that the amount of sweat equity I put into this prediction, which was none, came back in kind because I think I think I whiffed it. Well, what is your prediction for 2023? Well, again, I'm going to try to avoid predicting industry stuff because, you know, not my circus, not my monkeys. So I'm going to go cultural. I'm going to try to make a zeitgeisty prediction. Uh, the year 2023 will be the 50th anniversary of the film The Last of Sheila. This was a whodunit directed by Herbert Ross, starring maybe the most quintessentially 1973 cast imaginable. I remember. I remember. Raquel Welch, Diane Cannon, James Coburn, Richard Benjamin, James Mason. Uh, it's about a wealthy guy who invites his wealthy friends aboard his yacht in the Mediterranean to play a murder mystery game that turns, pause for suspense, very real. Uh, so for years, this movie has had a cult following. I'm in that cult. It's been kind of hard to see in the past, but now it's pretty easy to watch. It's available to rent or buy on a bunch of services. Ryan Johnson counts himself among this fandom, this cult. And that is one reason you saw so many echoes of this movie in Glass Onion and to a lesser extent, Knives Out. I think it's most notable, however, for the two dudes who wrote the screenplay, the actor Anthony Perkins and one Mr. Stephen Sondheim. So this movie will get that 50th anniversary, oh, it's 50th anniversary bump that every movie gets when it hits that uh, milestone. But that's what I'm talking about. My prediction is that this film is finally going to attain a kind of cultural currency, a cachet that it has always sorely lacked. It will enter the zeitgeist. It will go mainstream. We always run into trouble when we try to quantify these predictions. There is some squishiness here, but I mean, will a remake be announced? A streaming series? A board game? A theme park ride? <laughs> Funko Pops? I'm not sure exactly, but I just feel that... Glass Onion has primed the world to embrace this very fun and very weird movie in a way that it was not possible to embrace it before. I love this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I've never watched it, and I'm going to watch it, and you know why? Because of your prediction. There you go. <laughs> I've never even heard of this somehow. Oh, that's um, great. So absolutely adding this to my watch list because this is right up Aisha's alley. I was going to yes, say, yes, me yes. too. You know how I feel about Knives <laughs> Out and Glass Onion. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if everybody listening does that too, then that will self-fulfill this prophecy. <laughs> you let's could, do it. You can actually absolutely. will this into existence through this show. Yeah. Let's make Glenn's prediction come true. I'm manifesting. That's absolutely <laughs> true. I love it. I love it. All right. Right. Thank you very much, Glenn Weldon. Stephen Thompson, I want to hear first your prediction <laughs> from last year. <laughs> to do a quick awardsy lightning round, I'm going to say the Grammys' huge run for Olivia Rodrigo, followed by a shocking album of the year win for Billie Eilish. I'm going to say best picture will be Belfast. I'm going to say Super Bowl, because we can't have nice things, will be Buccaneers over Patriots. I am going to predict that Rihanna will finally release the album everybody has been waiting for her to release, but it won't be until the fourth quarter of 2022. And finally, in 2022, there will be at least one massive, big-budget movie that will be funded almost entirely via NFT sales and will be a complete and utter boondoggle in part as a result. 
Very specific and bold. (laughs) Not a single one came remotely true. I mean, just replace Rihanna with SZA and you're golden. (laughs) That that does not count. A different artist does not count. (laughs) I mean, I have been wrong on this show a a great many times about a great many things. But not in this density. (laughs) But I I don't know if I've gotten that much of like a rhythm going Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of wrongness. A rhythm of wrongness. (laughs) It is a breathtaking act of optimism that I'm going to predict more things <laughs> on this episode of this show. Yeah, what do you think you were closest to? Rihanna, because yeah, Rihanna okay. kind of clearly the first quarter of 2023 is going to be Rihanna time. Rihanna did okay. release a single. I mean, maybe. <laughs> That's true. Good point. I shouldn't be I'm predicting. I'm so not sold that she's actually going to release an album in 2023. <laughs> I mean, but really, like, none of those things happened. John Batiste won Album of the Year. Coda won Best Picture. Super Bowl was Rams over Bengals. There was not a movie financed by NFTs. I, I just wanted to say N- NFTs are dumb. That's, like, really what I wanted to do with that <laughs> prediction. So here's what I decided to learn from being wrong about a great many things. If you're going to be wrong, you might as well go for optimism. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a bunch of optimistic picks. Now, unfortunately, I've doomed them to not happen by predicting Yeah, them. that's how it goes. I'm going to say best picture, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. I am going to say Bills over any team but the Vikings okay. in the Super Bowl. Rihanna will release an album in the first quarter of 2023. It's going to, sure, it's going to happen. I'm going to predict it. But then I got to the Grammys. And I wanted to say, finally, Beyonce wins album of the year. Beyonce wins record of the year. These things have never happened before. This is going to be the year that the Grammys get it right. Mm -hmm. These are things that want to happen. But I am instead going to predict two things about the Grammys that are, I think, going to be major pop culture stories in 2023. One, I think Adele will win album, song, and record of the year. And that that will speed a reckoning about the Grammys that will be a story all year long. There's already been a trickle of artists boycotting the Grammys for a variety of reasons. Uh, Tyler, the Creator, The Weeknd, Drake um, have all said they are not going to deal with the Grammys. They're not going to even submit their albums for consideration. Silk Sonic also didn't submit their album for consideration. I think that is going to reach a tipping point as a result of Beyonce not winning in any of those categories where everybody feels like this is Beyonce's year, right? Like Renaissance is at or near the top of most publications' albums of the year lists. That record had just enormous pop cultural penetration. It was a big hit. People loved it. It is a perfect time for that album to win Album of the Year at the Grammys. And I think the fact that it may not, I'm going to predict that it doesn't, I'm going to predict that that prompts a kind of Golden Globes-style backlash and reckoning around the Grammy Awards in 2023. Mark it down, it won't happen. I think it's very, very interesting how you are trying to use reverse psychology (laughs) on the universe to win Beyonce Album of the Year. Just with regards to Beyonce, I want Everything Everywhere All at Once to win. I want the Bills to win. Right. I want Rihanna to put out an album. That's not reverse psychology, but the Grammys, yes. I absolutely agree. I think there's no possible chance that Beyonce will win Album of the Year. Wink, wink. Because (laughs) we're going to make it happen, buddy. We're going to make it happen. All right, Aisha, we are going to queue up last year's predictions. Here we go. Yes, let's do. I predict that West Side Story will become the first remake of a previous Best Picture winner to win Best Picture. 
West Side Story has the pedigree. It's got the DNA. It's got the franchise. It's got Rita Moreno. And it's got Spielberg. It's got the momentum, and I can see it becoming that first Best Picture remake winner. My other one is that this is the year that Kiki, sorry to this man, Palmer, blows up. Mm-hmm. She's got the gravitas. She's got the social media presence. If you follow her on social media, she does impressions. She does jokes. She does songs. She is everything. And she is just a delight. And this year she has two roles coming up that I think are going to put her into a very different stratosphere. The first is Alice, which is going to be premiering at Sundance. And then the other movie is Nope, directed by Jordan Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Stephen Yun, and it's Jordan Peele. And I'm sorry, but that has the ability to put anyone into a, a new stratosphere, as we've seen with Daniel Kaluuya and Lupita Nyong'o having like a really, really meaty role. So Kiki Palmer, I think she's going to blow up. I don't know how I would quantify that. I just think we should expect to see people talking about her in a way that they haven't before. Yeah, so I give myself like a B plus, A minus, maybe for that. A minus, I say. So obviously West Side Story didn't win. Coda won. (laughs) But yeah, Kiki Palmer, it absolutely was her year. Now, Alice, I saw it. It was trash. (laughs) And there's a reason reason why that movie really came and went. But other than that, it really was the year of Kiki Palmer. Obviously, nope. We've talked about this on the show. Oh, and also Lightyear. She was in Lightyear as well. But then she had her really fantastic stint hosting SNL where she – went full Beyonce and announced her pregnancy to the world in the middle of a a great moment. It was fantastic. She was also just like really, really good throughout that entire Uh episode where, you know, SNL can really live and die on the hosts and who is involved. And she showed that she is a true show woman. She was just giving everything. She got to do a scene with Keenan and Kel (laughs) and it was hilarious. It was great. I loved it. And then she even got to interview Angela Bassett and do a Great impression. She's known for her impression of Angela Bassett, and she did it in front of Angela. And then Angela joined in. Actually, let's hear just a little moment of that very fantastic interview between Angela and Kiki. Okay, here we go. You will lie, and you will cheat. And I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you no more. I'm telling you that scene is too good. This was her year, so... A minus. I'm really proud of myself. I'm dusting my shoulder off. Great on that one, I think, for <laughs> sure. So so tell me what you've got for next year. Well, so funny enough, I do think Beyonce is going to win Album of the Year uh-huh. just because the Grammys voters love a throwback. They love something that seems to be playing into nostalgia and even just like the fact that Beyonce on that album is calling back to so many other previous Grammy winners, as well as, you know, a deeper house music history. It's her year, and I don't think the Grammys are going to screw this up. Maybe that's just me. She's old enough now that the Grammys might be into her. (laughs) Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. But I think Adele, not just the fact that she's won before, but also the fact that that album came out last year, didn't it? In 2021? That's never stopped them before. Yeah. It's in their window of eligibility. I know it's in the window. I just, I'm just i just saying there's a little bit more recency bias perhaps here going on. We'll see. That's my prediction. My other prediction, I have a feeling that Warner Brothers Discovery is probably going to be sold to Amazon or some other corporate okay. giant. Or it'll at least be announced before 2023 is over that that's going to happen. Because if you just look at all these shakeups and all these execs that have been leaving and all of the many titles that they've 
decided to yeet into out of their existence, <laughs> whether it's um, Westworld or Gordito Chronicle, like all these shows that are no longer going to be on our platform. That's part of their trying to get themselves back into the black. I understand that. And that's a temporary thing, but they're going to have to figure out something else to sort of stop the bleeding. And now I, I can imagine that. Amazon is probably going to own Discovery. We're in a Discovery before this is all up. Okay. This is me making a, a prediction that I'm probably going to be wrong on. But yeah. No, no, no. Let me let me read to you from my notes for this episode. Something very bleak is going to happen at <laughs> Warner Brothers in addition to everything that's already. So we are we are of one mind here, my friend. Yes. So we got Beyonce. We got something very bleak happening at Warner slash HBO slash Discovery. We got it. We got it. Yep. I agree with you. All right. Time for a, uh, oh gosh, I guess I made a prediction too. <clears throat> this time last year. Let's hear it. First of all, I predict that by this time next year, we will be back to going to the movies, much as we did before the pandemic, and we will not be thinking about it. It's oh. going to take an extra year. But I think they're going to figure it out. And I think at the end of 2022, I will feel comfortable going to the movies in a way that I never did in 2021. Here's my other one. The 2022 Golden Globes are the last ones. <laughs> oh, I like that. Ooh, I hope so. I'm already looking forward to Linda a year from now going, you just underestimated the strength of the Hollywood publicity complex, whatever. But the Golden Globes have been shoved off of television, which I think a lot of people thought would never happen. And if they are not a drunk party, who cares? They've always been suspect and weird, but now they're not even fun. So why bother? It doesn't mean publicity is going to get any less gross. It just means this brand is so ruined that they're going to have to find a new brand for the same kind of goofy award giving and party holding and they're going to hold them in 2022 and they'll suspend them and them send out certificates of merit or something like that. But the Golden Globes, as we know them, last ones in 2022. All right. I I give myself partial credit on both of these. Okay. okay. As to going back to the movies, they did not figure it out. That is true. <laughs> but I do feel comfortable going in a way that I did not feel comfortable at any time in 2021. Um, sure, but you're thinking about it every right. time. That is the part that has yeah. not happened. And I have very oh. mixed feelings about it because I can't go without thinking about it. And I never go without a mask. I typically don't go to extremely crowded movies. It is true that a lot of other people no longer think about it. It's not true that that I don't. It's not true that everybody doesn't. I do think that we went through a year of some normalization of theater going in a way that did not happen as much in 2021. And that's partly because of the things like Top Gun, Maverick, and it's like ability to bring people back to theaters, which I think is really interesting. And anyway, I give myself partial credit on that one. I also give myself partial credit on the Golden Globes, even though I was totally wrong. And let me tell you why I give myself partial credit. <laughs> the biggest reason why we get things wrong on this show, in my experience, is that we are early. When we make predictions mm. for the coming year, we look at what has happened in the previous year. And very often, the results of things take longer than that to play out, right? I think I should have anticipated they were always going to keep trying a little bit, 
right, to see if they could sort of bring the Golden Globes back. They've got Jod Carmichael hosting, but it is still not clear that this is going to work this year. It is still not clear that anybody's going to care. You know, there is press about them, but way less. So absolutely, the 2022 ones being the last ones is a total fail. We tend to anticipate consequences coming sooner than they actually do. All right, partial credit. Partial cre- I demand partial credit. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. So as I said, I agree with Aisha's prediction of bleak things at uh, Warner's. One sort of general, again, hard to quantify prediction, is that I do think you're going to see more and more of the retreat from the public eye that you've seen from a certain number of athletes and actors and people who say, like, I need to go take care of my mental health. I think you're going to continue to see people kind of explore that and you're going to continue to see the push and pull where sometimes people say, well, you know, you're especially with athletes, I think, you know, oh, you're just not tough enough. So I think in a general sense, zeitgeisty sense, you're going to see more discussion of what I personally think is a very positive development of people being willing to say, I cannot do everything all the time. I cannot do all the press and maybe some continuing conversations around that. My more concrete prediction is I think the biggest entertainment story of the year is going to be labor unrest in the entertainment industry. There is a looming writer strike. I think that the kind of stuff Aisha and I have been talking about in terms of HBO and the pulling of stuff off of HBO and HBO Max and the collapse of that library system where you could kind of get a lot of stuff for your subscription is related to a fundamental reckoning with how to pay and compensate people fairly. So I personally think the biggest story this year is going to be labor unrest. I think you could potentially see a long strike for at least one of these guilds. I have heard that you're starting to see the stockpiling of you know people trying to get stuff done, at least written in time to avoid long, long droughts of content. But I think that's going to be the story of this year is going to be the very difficult business of how do you figure out how to make it economically workable for people to create the kind of content that people are excited to see and willing to pay for. I'm already giving you an A for this one, Linda. (laughs) I mean, there is there is a bigger labor you know, movement and moment happening more broadly. And I think in some ways, it's not surprising that it also affects the entertainment industry. It certainly does not only affect the entertainment industry. It has affected everything from education to government workers to publishing to all kinds of other businesses. They're organizing at Starbucks. They're organizing at a lot of other places. So labor is a big story right now. And I'm just going to say it's going to work its way into our, our understanding of pop culture as well. Well, look, I love predicting stuff with you guys. For all of you who are listening, you are probably as good at this as we are, if not better. Or significantly better. So we want to hear your predictions for 2023 in the field of pop culture. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Stephen Thompson, Aisha Harris, Glenn Weldon. Thank you so much for being here. I predict I will see all of you again in the new year. You will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR, even when none of our predictions come true. If you haven't signed up yet, you want to show your support. 
and you want to listen to this show without any sponsor breaks so we can just keep talking and talking, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Mike Katzif and Hafsa Fathima. It was edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Linda Holmes, and we'll see you all tomorrow for Oh Boy, Oh Boy, our annual resolutions episode. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. Here at Planet Money, we bring complex economic ideas down to earth. We find weird, fun, interesting stories that explain the way money shapes our lives. Inflation, recessions, the price of gas, we've got you. Listen now to the Planet Money podcast from NPR. From the campaigns to the conventions, from now through Election Day and beyond, the NPR Politics podcast has you covered. As Joe Biden and Donald Trump square off again, we bring you the latest news from the trail and dive deep into each candidate's goals for a second term. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast every weekday.